Oh, he can't hear me. No, he can't hear you. Uh, she, wait, wait. Um, I'll let him finish. She <laughs> quit working for him six months later and moved across the country. So that is the effect I have on women. <laughs> okay, that okay. maybe we can use. Welcome to another episode of Pod Jiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Uh, I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And uh, he's he's in Arizona. He's known as Brock. It's uh, Dustin Rolls. <laughs> I, hello, Dan. Hello. Congratulations. Welcome, Welcome Brock. How are you? <laughs> Very good. You know, you used to have, like, nice things. The way you introduced me now is just random. What do you oh, mean? Like El Capitan. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. I ran out of uh, I ran out of uh, synonyms for uh, for leader uh, mm-hmm. about about six months ago. <laughs> so take some we... uh, take some hints from the Trump people. They got plenty of them. Oh God, no, we're not uh, <laughs> we're not talking about we're we're not talking this is about not a Trump podcast. Not a Trump podcast. Uh, <laughs> There are like all, all I know is that uh, television is still happening, despite whatever nonsense. We don't need to get into who's doing photo ops out of what hospital, and when and breathing and heavily metadata and oh. uh, breathing heavily, but pneumonia. Uh, uh, allegedly, mm-hmm. Dustin. Mm-hmm. There's no. We're not. It, it might be on TV, but it's not TV. I see. So, it is technically not in our purview, but what is in our purview is what we are drinking. Um, so uh, I, I actually want to—I actually want to go first because I'm—I'm I'm confused by it. Um, I'm drinking. So again, I'm drinking Jura whiskey, but this time I tried to uh, do a whiskey and soda because I have uh, mineral water, and uh, it's weird. I don't think I did it right. Well. Like, do you mean literally mineral water? Like, is it San Pellegrino? Is yeah, it... it's San Pellegrino. Yeah, no, I don't think that's what you use. Yeah, it, it's not working. Um, yeah. So instead, it just kind of tastes like flat, weird San Pellegrino that's getting me mm. drunk. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's doing the trick, so it's fine. No no complaints. I mean, it's still got whiskey in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Tori, what about you? I'm drinking a Beaujolais. Beaujolais. Uh, a Beaujolais. Eh, it's a type of red wine, but it oh. actually is a type of red wine. It's just—it's <laughs> not just red wine. Right. Uh, so it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, it's, it was George de Beauf. De Beauf. George's de Beauf. <laughs> I don't know. It was cheap and at Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Wait, what is? Do you know? Uh, do you know what? What uh, uh, what's distinctive about this type of red wine? I'm asking. I don't, I don't oh, okay. So, well, I don't know the difference between, uh, so, uh, between like a Beaujolais or a Beaujolais Nouveau, but I always think of Beaujolais Nouveau. To me, both of them uh, taste the most like grapefruit, the grape juice. Uh, like it's literally, they don't taste, they taste like they haven't aged very long, even though this is actually a 2017. Mm-hmm. They just, they taste more fruity and fresh. Um, and juicy, 
Uh, okay. So they're, you know, they're not fancy at all. <laughs> I'm actually really upset, though, because um, I discovered a type of white wine that I like, and I normally don't like white wine at all. And I found one bottle of it, and it was incredible. It was, like, at my local grocery store. And I have gone to every store in, like, the past four weeks, and I cannot find the bottle. <laughs> it's like that vineyard. It's like they sold out. I don't. It, maybe it was, like, a freak shipment. But if anyone ever finds a bottle of, I think it was Pinot Gris by Outer Banks, I think maybe it's New Zealand, it's delicious. Mm. I might be getting all parts of that <laughs> wrong. Totally wrong. It might be Outer Limits, it might be from Greenland, and it might be... Uh, <laughs> Greenland is known for their wines. Right. And is I don't it from know another the Outer Banks, like, like North Carolina Outer Banks? Also maybe that. <laughs> I might have been mixing up North Carolina with uh, New Zealand. I have no idea. It was great. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, why you can't find it. I only know about the Outer Banks on the East Coast, by the way, because of the show Outer Banks, which I've never seen, but I have heard of. Uh, I have also heard of it, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. It's Did like a murder it? mystery for teens. Oh, or something. I it was like an alien show. No. no that's Outer Limits. Yeah, that's different. Um, anyway... Well, Tori, we'll, we hope you find your wine someday again. Um, Dustin, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a wine called Tag and Title. It's a 2019 Gruner Weitliner. I don't know what that means, but it has uh, directions, instructions on it. It says uh, open, uh, pour, and uh, Prost, which I assume is German for drink. Hmm. So it's a German <laughs> wine. I guess so. If it's a Gruner Weitliner. Kugelscheiber. <laughs> Uh, and and how is it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Quali- it's a Qualitätswein Niederösterreich. Is it red, white? <laughs> it's white. It's white, and it's a little too sweet. Is this from took, your uh, from your subscription, or is this a yes, yes, yes okay. it is. And I took two years of German, and that's the best I could do. So, how many shipments of wine have you received that you didn't order? <laughs> No, no, well, this is the most recent one where I forgot to cancel and they sent me like six bottles. Okay. And Have you canceled? No. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so this is the most recent one, but how many previous shipments have you received because you forgot uh, to cancel? No, 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 not because of the, I got the first shipment right. and then I asked them to send me these, these 10 with the bad labels. The rip-off, that all, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. And then I got the shipment. Okay. And you're, at this rate, going to get another one next month. <laughs> That's quite possible. So, so far, the, the, main, the only mistake was when you said the, the torn label ones. Yes. Because that was the ones that were bad, mostly. Yes. Okay. Except that this particular shipment came with one bottle of wine that was also among those gross mm-hmm. bottles. But the rest have been great. Was it dancing juice? Uh, it wasn't. It was one of the worst ones. Dancing Juice was the uh, drinkable one. And my God, I don't know how you remember that. That is a hard to forget name because that is what I think all wine is now. I'm like, oh, it's my Dancing Juice. Dancing Juice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, uh, your wine update. Yeah, that's, that's, what, well, that's what we're drinking. And, and we're all updated, which is good. And... Uh, Dust, I, I ordered this incorrectly because I should have gone to Dustin first instead of being so selfish because now we have to go back to Dustin, um, which does not make sense. But 
that's that's the way the show goes. So mm. um, <laughs> it doesn't so, make sense. So there you go. So so Dustin. Um, yes. Uh, off of your your uh, riveting description of wine. Kugelschreiber. Uh, Kugelschreiber. That's right. Uh, I believe that you have a you have a chicken update for us. Mm. Kind of. I wouldn't say it. so. We switched feed to the chicken egg laying feed. It is very exciting. Yes, and so in anticipation of them laying eggs, but from what my wife tells me, they need something like 14 hours of sunlight, and we don't have 14 hours of sunlight in Maine. Oh, are you going to get UV lamps? No, no, no. It, she just, it just may mean they may not lay eggs. Now Wait, the chickens the need 14 hours of sunlight? In order to lay eggs? Do they photosynthesize? Oh. I don't know how it works, but she's like... <laughs> So I go out at six in the morning to let them out, uh, and it's still pitch dark. But they need um, fourteen hours. hours of sunlight, and it it's dark here by like seven at this point. So it's only really light for like twelve hours. So she said that it's very possible they may not lay eggs now until the spring. So oh. you might be you might be f- taking care of chickens for their eggs and not get Correct. any eggs. Okay. Follow up um, question: Are you sure you don't have roosters? Yeah, <laughs> very yes. important question. Are you like like is the feed that you got mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. it work for roosters? It just on the off chance, <laughs> the slight off chance that you have in fact got roosters. Does it have foghorn leghorn on <laughs> the bag as a spokesperson? <laughs> it does not. Hmm. Oh well. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll find out. Uh, you could get, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming chickens and or roosters are basically like plants. So just get a UV light. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose we could once we move them into the garage. So how does it work for uh, like chicken farms where they're all just kind of cooped up? They, is, it, is it lamps? Is that I what would it imagine. Is? Like, I'm I, assuming I, yeah. it's just like plants. That's really I sad. No idea. I have no bummer. idea. Yeah. I don't even understand how chickens make hard eggs in their bodies and then poop them out. <laughs> it's like plants. I mean, <laughs> they do it the same way plants do. <laughs> just I mean, it's a weird thing, pooping. right? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I still think you should just get, yeah, get some UV lamps. You can get them on clamps and put them on their coop. Oh, you've been, you got to move the coop. You have to move them into the barn anyway. Yeah, and we'll do that in November. Oh, you know what you could do? You could move them into the guest bedroom and then <laughs> set Seth? an alarm so that <laughs> Seth has to turn on the UV lamps uh-huh. at like 4 a.m. every day. Uh, that's right. That That's a good new job for producer Seth, who has been derelict in his duty as far as uh, giving us any sort of feedback. Uh Producer Seth, at Lovespackle on Twitter, if you want to reach him and give him a message that he will not pass along to us. No, he will not. Um, instead, he'll just tell us stories that really we should not be hearing. Probably not. So they can't include on the podcast. Definitely cannot include them. Um, or if we do, they're heavily redacted. Yes. Uh, because I haven't decided what the intro is yet. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Love anyway... It. Uh, as you know, we are uh, a television podcast, and so we are going to uh, discuss some television this week. Uh, uh, specifically, we're, we're, our main topic will be Ted Lasso, uh, because we made Tori watch it, 
and she watched all of it, and so she has feelings about it. So many um, feelings. <laughs> but before we get to that, some some brief things. Uh, we'll start with uh, SNL, which returned to the studio this uh, this weekend. Uh, Chris Rock hosted. Um, oh, who was the musical guest? Uh, Megan uh, Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Dustin wanted to talk about it. Because did you I guys did, watch it? I did, I watched it. Yeah. I watched Tori? just the Chris Rock monologue. Oh, oh. I I didn't because there was so much Trump stuff going on this weekend. I didn't have a chance to like read what everybody else was saying. I saw a couple of headlines. Didn't seem to be big on it, but I thought it was a pretty decent episode. Am I way off there, Dan? Uh, to me, it kind of felt li- like it. It was. It was fine in my estimate. Like, I honestly do not remember a single sketch. Ooh. So, like, I enjoyed it. I, the debate, well, the debate's the only thing I do remember, and that was kind of, I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, I didn't love it, but except the very end uh, when uh, Jim Carrey, as Biden, used the mute. And well, yeah, like, but that's like, that's, that's, you know, that's. That's bait for the masses. Yes, um, it was nice. I mean, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like they had to address it, obviously, but it's so there. There is, uh, I mean, you know, we were beyond the point of parody months ago, and yes. we, we have not uh, crossed back over that line. So it's just like everything, everything you see. It was, it was a, you know, it's kind of an impossible position for them. I feel like because. They're the best they can do is kind of like referential, like wink, wink, ha ha. Here's the like, you know, he's gonna say, "Oh, I hope you know, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna get COVID. It's not gonna be a thing, ha ha." You right. know, I'm not gonna, re- I'm not gonna regret saying this two days from now. Um, so it's just, it's just, you know, there, there, there's no easy way for them to deal with it. So I, but they, they had to do a. Uh, a sketch and the, um, I, it, I, I kind of felt mixed about, uh, Jim Carrey's Biden because I think from a, uh, from an Im- impersonation, like I feel like he's doing a really good impersonation. I don't know if I, if I agree with the impression, if that makes sense, because Physically, I think, he, he I think his off. physicality and the yeah. way that he, the way that he kind of like captures manners and, and the way that he alters his voice is, is really good. Um, I think the point of view of the um, the point of view of like his version of Biden, like the like being, Biden the character, as played by Jim Carrey, is kind of like yeah, it's 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 kind of lazy. Like it's like oh, he's not all there, and he's like trying not to get mad, but um, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was like not it's particularly accurate. It's the way that the, the Republicans paint him, which is right. kind of a shitty. Yeah, and it's it's just a it's just a very so like that's the that's the thing that's weird because like, uh, like the difference between that and say like, the the Jason Sudeikis Biden since he played Biden you know primarily when uh, when he was on the show, um, you know his Biden is kind of like more it's not a good imp- uh, impersonation, but his point of view is just kind of like mm-hmm. oh affable guy slightly like not dumb but like you know. Just like says kind of like goofy stuff, goofy things. I don't know. It's. I mean, no, I'm no, also yeah. reacting to it from a political standpoint, obviously. So he's creating there's a character. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels um, more of like a real character. Yeah. Um, yeah but, I like Sudeikis a lot more, and Woody Harrelson. 
Um, I just didn't think Biden. I mean, Kerry was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh no! I mean, he did a he did a fine job, but it's also I don't know. There, there's a whole. It it feels really it, it's it's always felt weird to me that you would bring in you know a ton of uh, right. a ton of celebrities essentially to play these roles when it's like kind of that was kind of the point or you know a lot of it was that you you'd have your you know very talented performers bring their point of view to it and um, I don't know it's it's like it's the same problem with uh, with uh, the the Trump that uh alec baldwin plays like he's not he you know he he captures mannerisms and stuff like that although even that he's not great at but it's there's no he doesn't attack it with the kind of point of view that someone who's um who like their sole job is to look at this as a comedic exercise would do um and i don't know i i i i find it weird um and it's always been weird and but you know that's the show now, so that's that's just what they do. Um, and I don't remember any sketches. I remember the monologue, and that's kind of it. The monologue. I remember the um, Chris Red rap, which I liked. The bottom of your face. Oh yeah, that was alright. Oh, and the name change thing. Yeah, was pretty I juvenile. I, I mean that that's a that's a sketch that kills live. Like that that, that that's one of those where yes. on a stage like at Second City. <laughs> Or UCB when, you know, you could go to places like that. That sketch destroys. But, um, but you know, for TV, the timing's different. So. Right. Um, but, I did watch yeah, this one the morning after instead of the night of. And that often makes a difference in how I perceive the show. Does it make it better or worse? Oh, much better when I watch it in the morning after oh. because I'm not watching commercials. I'm not staying up until 1 a.m. Right. Uh, and I can, so, so it's quicker and, but when I'm, it feels, it feels more authentic to watch it from 1130 to 1, although I don't think that many people do it anymore. Yeah. And I mean, people are mostly just watching whatever sketch goes viral, right? Right. But after update, I'm just, oh, I hate this. I want it to be over with. So <laughs> it takes a lot yeah, but they also design. didn't have a ten to one sketch, just based on the way that no, they didn't. Out. Um, I'm assuming it's because the the opening was very long and the monologue was very long because it was uh, Chris Rock. So you know he got to do like anytime it's a stand up, they they get more time because um, they get to do a set basically. Uh, I thought the update was good. I thought they were going to be very ginger about it, but they weren't. They they went after it. The update was fine. Um, Justin Che have grown on me, and I hate myself for it. But I think <laughs> well, it's just—it's because you read that familiarity. Book. No, well, it's there's not. something. The Joss book was terrible. But I feel but... like the fact that you got through it yeah, makes maybe. Weekend Update better. <laughs> yeah, but there's I've something... heard him on podcast too. Yeah, there's something that that I don't know if you pointed this out to me, Dustin, but uh, I, I remember I saw. Colin Jost on a it was a Seth Meyers he does um, Second Chance Theater mm-hmm. which is they bring on SNL people uh, and they basically get to run a sketch that never aired that like maybe got to dress rehearsal or something or whatever um, and they did one that Colin Jost wrote and uh, so they, they perform the sketch but then they also do a segment where they just talk about kind of the process and what they were thinking about and what they were trying to do um, comedically and 
it, it was so much more, uh, he was so much more enjoyable in that forum just because he just became like a comedy writer, just like talking right. about like, oh yeah, I'm trying to do this. And like, this was kind of the, the idea behind it. And this is what we were trying to do. And you know, we could never get it to work because of this or whatever. But, um, uh, but I, it, it's almost like one of those things where it kind of like weirdly humanized him. And I'm like, oh, you're just a comedy writer, except that like your persona on screen is kind of like this, uh, doofus, but uh, right, and when he in the book, when he was going through all the skits that he basically wrote, I was like, oh my god, he's written basically ninety percent of the best sketches sketches in the last right. decade, and including like the Mulaney sketches were his, the Lobster Diner, and, and that trilogy was him. He what wasn't just him? It was also the um, the writers was, that Mulaney brought back, um, America Sawyer, and uh, I think Simon Rich did at least the first one. Joe specifically did the first one. It was rejected for a couple of years. Oh, okay. And then when Mulaney came back, they were able to get it on. But Joe also did The Dead Poets, which is probably my favorite of the last 10 years. Oh, was that the film one where, like, somebody's head explodes or something? He gets up on the desk to do that. And uh, ceiling fan (laughs) decapitates. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. I loved it so much. Uh, that one was good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I was happy I, to have it back. Yeah, I will that's say that. true. And and it did feel normal-ish, even though obviously a you know less less people in the crowd. Right. Um, oh yeah. So I'm looking at. It's funny because I'm looking at your Pajaba piece, Dustin, and. Uh, like even looking at this, I'm like, oh, that's there were only like that many sketches like it feels like there were so few sketches and they're kind of i don't know the chloe Feynman one was good although i completely forgot about it until looking at it now yeah she's um, really really good at what she does i don't think yeah. that it's always that funny but she's a terrific yeah but it was great to, to let her do like three impressions right. in the same piece um i feel like I, her and ego are gonna be like gonna replace kate and cecily mm-hmm. i also forgot completely about the uh the Kyle Mooney ghost sketch, except oh that God. you did not, you did not say that specifically the game that he's playing is Tony Hawk's pro skater. And, uh, that upset me in your, in your piece. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> he, he was very clear. Look, Tony Hawk's pro skater. They just released a remaster. I may or may not have been playing it every day before I go to sleep because it just calms me down at the end of the night where I'm like, I'm just going to play like 20 minutes and just skate around. And it's super chill and listen to, you know, some uh, some Goldfinger and some Rage Against the Machine because that's on the soundtrack. Um, but let's we're not here to talk about what I do with my this life. Is not a, so. This is not a video game podcast. It's not a video game <laughs> podcast. But if it were, we would be talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered uh, out now for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, Very good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All of these shows are Dustin shows. Tori, you don't have any shows. Sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> no, that's okay because you know what's coming next week, right? That's true. We yeah. do know. That's we right. do know what's coming next week. Yeah. Uh, for My those time of you, will come. For those of you who are still here, Supernatural premieres uh, comes back Thursday, Wednesday, yeah, October eighth. Yeah, uh, Thursday. So we will definitely be talking about that next week. So. Uh, you know, stick around for the rest of this episode, but also next week, come back for more Supernatural. And like five right. more weeks or seven more weeks? How many more episodes are coming? Oh. Uh, Supernatural? Seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So there you go. 
So seven weeks of Supernatural coming up. <laughs> I have caught up, by the way, on Supernatural. Like, I finished, I finally finished that, uh, the first 13 episodes of the season. Yeah, but so you say caught up because you're watching season 15. Right, I'm I didn't finally watch, into, nope, like, season nope. eight. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, no. <laughs> I watched a I great have... one where they do Looney Tunes gags, and it's mostly Sam, or a Dean getting hit in the face with frying pans. Oh, that sounds good. It's amazing. Um, well, I just watched the 13th episode where, where they had their doppelgangers from another universe. <gasps> yes! Like, all of a sudden, it's like a weird, it's like kind of fringe slash Doctor Who. Like, yes. it's like a whole weird thing, but also their doppelgangers are so wonderful. Oh, they were great. Good. <laughs> yeah, so they... there's a whole alternate universe where they're like trust fund babies. <laughs> and so they're just, it's, it's preppy Sam and Dean. And they show up in like their version of a DeLorean kind of thing, and it's amazing. Sam's got a man bun. Oh, God. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, of course um, he does. But that's next week. Private jet. Oh yeah, supernatural's next week. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) uh, So back to back to all the Dustin dominated Mm. conversation. Because I don't want to dominate. I just want to say the Comedy Store on Showtime is 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 good if you like to wax nostalgic, listen to people reminisce about their days at the Comedy Store. It is not insightful. It is not probing. It is not. (laughs) I wanted like I wanted to be salacious. And, like, get all the, like, feuds and all of that. But it doesn't do that. So it's just Letterman and Leno and Michael Keaton, who was, like, huge back in the day at the comedy store, which I totally forgot about. So basically it's, like, if you want to hear people talk about how great stand-up and the comedy store are. A documentary version of Marin's podcast. When he talks... Have you ever heard Marin's podcast when he talks to somebody from the comedy? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically just that, but less insightful and less deep. I'm assuming. Right. They're just like, hey, you remember that time you did that joke? And yeah, that was funny. That sort of thing. And Mike Binder directs it. He was big back then. I guess. Mm. Uh, I did not know anything about Freddie Prince though, and the first episode covers a lot of that. So that was interesting. If you're, like, I yeah, I had no idea. So it's basically for stand-up nerds. Nerds. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I am. Uh, so the part of the reason why I wanted you to keep this in in the in the episode uh, is because I did not know that this documentary existed, and I feel like it is uh, it's shameful because I am ostensibly the comedy editor. (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea that this documentary existed. Uh, So what I'm saying is that I I will tender my resignation. No, no, I don't Uh, think I would have known except that I was on Showtime looking for the Good Lord Bird and noticed it on the app. Also, Dan, if it makes you feel better... I'm ostensibly the TV editor, and I haven't watched anything we've talked about yet. <laughs> so we're. But you've got you you've got you've got your beat. You've got your supernatural beat, and your uh, you've been watching the boys, which we will also talk about next week because yes. uh, we will have reached the season finale. And I had a lot um, of Ted Lasso to watch in the past. And week. you had a lot of Ted Lasso right. to watch. Um, wait, wait. I, I, we're not going to talk fully full on about the boys, but are you guys all caught up? Hmm. Uh, no. Tori, are you caught no, up? No, I, I haven't watched this week's yet. Ah, I was watching Ted okay. Lasso. Oh. 
Uh, this is a fair really enough. good fair episode. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk to the boys next week. But you can spoil I, I it if a, you want. Do you want to talk about it? I don't. No, mind. no, no. It's fine. I just, I just had a, a question, which was really just a rock, a question that I was just uh, very satisfied that uh, Roxana, uh, when she she covers the boys for a, an alternate publication, who we may or may not link to, uh, but um, but she she opened her review of this week with like my exact question that I like the episode ended. I was like, wait. What is happening with X? <laughs> and her first like sentence was like, "Seriously, what's happening with this?" And I'm like, oh. "Oh, thank God." I I was just worried that I missed something. Um, and it's like, nope, they haven't explained it yet. But anyway, something happened in the last The Boys. Well, uh, now I'm dying to know what very, question she has. Yeah, it was like a very dramatic. Yeah, it was a very dramatic episode. ending, which makes sense because it's the second last episode of the, of the year. Um, and they're developing a spinoff, which uh, they announced, and they're working. It's it's oh, the boys' Tori, like college edition. So. I don't want to. I don't. This is not a spoiler, but it's also. But it's a very exciting thing that you would appreciate. Yeah. And that uh, the butcher, uh, the butcher's father is on the episode. He hasn't been on before, has he? No, not butchers. So do you know who he is? No, who plays him? John Noble. Like, <gasps> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> John Noble. Wait, how do you not know the answer to that question, Dan? I'm looking at uh, Roxana's. Wait, what do you mean? They haven't answered that. We know who did that because she did it before. It's the same person who did it in the uh, asylum. No, 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 no. It's not the asylum. It's the, um, it's, it's what happened to, I I can't say it now because of the. Just say it. It's okay. All right, a, a bunch of heads explode. Of course, yes. and and we don't know who's who's exploding heads yet, do we? It was the woman from the asylum that was exploding heads in the asylum. Well, but she exploded but, the CIA woman. Um, yeah, and that was yeah. Before so how did she how did she explode CIA woman? Up to now, they thought it was Stormfront who did that somehow. Right, but so the, but that's the thing is like if if she's in the asylum, then. How did she then explode the CIA woman? The CIA woman one is the one that doesn't make sense. Right. Because this one, it's fine. She's, you know, in she's the wind. She's there. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know that she's there, but yeah, oh. she, she's, she exists. She's out in the world somewhere. Um, okay, well, I, yeah, maybe I shouldn't... I, I just made a, drew a conclusion that's probably inaccurate. No, no, no. You might, you might be right now that you mention it, but I just don't know how she would have done the first one. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, also, she wasn't just exploding. She wasn't exploding heads. Wasn't she exploding whole people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's very different when like heads, oh. like heads are, spe- I, I don't know. To me, it feels like heads are, are specific. Um, <laughs> it requires a certain amount of finesse and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it kind of reminded me of the, uh, the Mission Impossible 3 bomb in Carrie Russell's head. Which oh my God. Uh, it, it didn't explode her head, but like it did make her die in a very unsettling yes, way. Very, un- uh, very. Uh, it's like, oh my! I was so excited to see her like, in that. It was actually yeah, worse that her head didn't like, explode right in the beginning. Yeah, yes. but like, but like, it's like a bomb goes off, but then she just kind of like jerks and then like is like dead, and that was more unsettling. Like if her head exploded, it'd be like, oh, that's gross. But in this way, it was like, oh, that's creepy. She was being yeah. such a badass too. Yeah, oh, it was a that killed me. Um. She was probably only available for, like, a week. No, I think J.J. Abrams just wanted to have her because uh, Alias was uh, supposed to be um, 
Felic- a badass Felicity was the whole concept behind uh, Alias initially. Oh, I did not know that. Well, and Lost know. is uh, Felicity uh, crash no, lands no, no, no. on, on an island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Kate character is clearly Felicity, right? Um, except that she got on a plane. And then it crashed on an island that's don't, kind don't, of no, no. kind of lost in time, but also is like the the, the playpen for for God and the devil. And then, mm-hmm, but then, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. also there's like the uh, the the Dharma don't, Initiative and Elphazar Hanzo, who's don't like don't get Felicity like he, like, mixed up in that. Like, like he's like a scientist, but then nope. also like he's only on these tapes. And then, but then you have you've you've Ben, who's named Ben Gale because it's like the Wizard of Oz, but he's not the Wizard of Oz. He's a bad guy. But it turns out he's a good guy. But then it turns out that they've been dead the whole time, and everyone's mad. Except except people are wrong about that because that's only the last season, and people forget that. People Where forget. Where the hell is Dan people, going? People What's forget. Going on? Hang on, hang on. People forget. People get so mad at the ending of Lost. <laughs> And they're like, oh my god, they were dead the whole time. I fucking knew it. They're wrong. And it's like, no, no, you're not paying attention. They were dead the final season. The Flash Sideways season is the only season that they were already dead. Every other season before that actually happened the way it worked out. You know, maybe it doesn't Wait, all make what? sense. But for the most, but no, but people are so mad because they're like, oh my god, the ending, whatever. It's like, no, it's it's an emotional ending. You're supposed to get to the last point, and the shot wait, 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 back up, back up, back matches up. the opening shot, and the dog is there, and it's great, and I cried, and I'm okay, okay with that. Back up, they weren't dead the whole time. <laughs> no, just the they're, final season. Just the final season. Did they ever explain okay, the polar I have bears? To, I have to go back and like rethink. They never explained the polar bear. Okay. So I think I think they the closest they got was there was something about like they were doing an experiment on the polar bear, and at one point it escaped. That's kind of like the closest they got to so explaining like, it. But how could they have Jurassic just Park. been the final season? Because because the so the early seasons where it's flashbacks, it's clearly they they live on the island, and then they're and then you know they're, you're flashing back thematically to the stuff that they dealt with in the past, and then when you after the end of season three and you flash forward, you can get the final moment on uh, where Kate and uh, and Jack are are in the rain, and he's like, "We have to go back," and that's the end of the season. It's like, "Oh my God, we're in the future now!" And then so then seasons four and five are flash forwards where it's like after they got off the island and like what happened to them and how they became celebrities and blah 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 and all that stuff, and then like Jack wants to go back because Jack's crazy, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, and then the final season was the one where it was the flash sideways, and every every uh, cutaway was the stories where it was like alternate universe stuff. So all the alternate universe storylines, that's they're already dead because that's the island trying to bring them back together because of the that's the thing that that look they all they try to 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 the to give credit to the people who do not like the finale. Uh, the a lot of this is explained in like the final 10 minutes where it's Jack and his dad in the church and he's like, you're dead, son. And then, you know, Matthew Fox cries. But um, but th- they also state it very clearly where it's like, no, all of this happened. You did crash on the island. Like, it wasn't a dream. This all happened except for this part, the f- weird flash sideways alternate history part because that was the island trying to bring you back together and trying to get you to all remember each other in purgatory so that you can cross over into the afterlife having, you know, remembered everyone. So that's why when Jin and Sun remember each other, it's like, oh, my God, we were in love the whole time. And uh, when, like, Hurley, you know, runs into Ben because, I don't know, they became friends or whatever at some point because Hurley took over the island from Ben. (laughs) And all the others. Anyway, 
That's that's my that's my. Uh, and now we are a lost podcast. Uh, look, all I'm saying is that is that uh, there are a lot of people who are very angry, and uh, it, it's fine. It's fine. it's fine if you're it's fine if you didn't like the ending. I don't. I don't. I'm, you know, everyone has their opinions, but uh, but when people say they were dead the whole time and that makes me mad, uh, then then that makes me mad. Because well, I want to go no, back and rewatch it and reevaluate it now. It's only the final season that they were that they were dead the whole time. And again, to everyone's credit, the final season is not great. Like they introduce the temple, which doesn't make any sense. They 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 bring in uh, 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 a lot of people. And it, it, yeah, it's 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 fine. Like anyway, I remember <laughs> I remember not. Minding the fin- like, I was not angry at the very yeah. last episode. I wasn't like, angry, yeah, but I also like at that point didn't care. Right. Yeah. I, I just kind of was like, was. remember when it was exciting because you'd see like yeah. a dude in a hatch, right, or like a polar bear. Uh, what what I was mad about that. was you you bring in Hiroyuki Sonata for like an episode and a half, and then you just kill him, and I'm like, well, why? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you. If you're gonna introduce this whole other mythology and bring in this amazing actor, then like, I mean, I'm sure he was probably just like, I can be here, I can be in Hawaii for two weeks, and so like, okay, we'll figure it out. But um, still, anyway, uh, look, Lost. Uh, we're not gonna revisit Lost anytime soon. Maybe we will. <laughs> I but, think um, may, maybe we should. Well, that uh, was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that. If we went back to revisit Lost, we would really want to do, like, season one, which is amazing and holds up. Um, what if we... Actually, that could be fun, though, if we just picked the worst season of Lost and only oh, watched God. it without refreshing ourselves. So then we have no. to watch season six no. of Lost. Yeah. <laughs> just season six. Not having seen it for, like, a decade. Oh, God. I mean, we could try. We could do it. It's on Hulu. Um, it can't but, be any uh, weirder than murder season of Friday Night Lights. Oh, I don't know. Murder season turned out to be pleasantly, pleasantly yeah, enjoyable. It was nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of shows that go on and have mythologies that are become increasingly convoluted, uh, The Walking Dead is back. <laughs> well, no, it, it, it came back and now it's gone again. Wait, so that was just one episode? Well, The Walking Dead didn't get to finish its season. Uh, right. Since season, so it came back and uh, finished... Well, it finished... But, but then they added six more episodes onto the season. Right, right. But that was the that was this was the original season finale. So, so when they paused, they only had one episode left. Is that right? Correct. And okay. I am convinced that they could have probably aired that episode much much earlier. But they wanted to hold it so that they could use it to uh, lead into the new spinoff, which wasn't quite finished. Uh, right. But then to uh, justify holding. An episode of The Walking Dead. They needed to make more of The Walking Dead. Well, so they, made they six ended more up episodes? canceling it, uh, and then they need to fill. I think they did these six episodes because they need to find something, some way to create six episodes for the spring, mm-hmm. but not have a whole lot of um, to do it with social distancing. And I think what's happening with those six episodes, it, it's not official or anything. I think they're just gonna cover Maggie's backstory because Maggie Lauren Cohen left the show she was gone for two seasons she came back in the season finale and I think they're just going to use those six episodes to explain what happened to her character because she is in Georgia filming right now and we don't 
see a lot of other people. There's not a lot of talk about other people being in Georgia and filming right now. There may be there. Interesting. So we find out her backstory was that she was living in a tent alone for two years. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I have no idea what her. And also, the reason why she came back this in the season finale is she received a letter. And also, we're in the zombie apocalypse. And where did she get a letter? Um, How did she? There's not like a Pony Express, is there? I don't know what's going on. Or are there carrier pigeons? Is there a way, Dustin, that this that her backstory will tie into the expanded Whiskey Cavalier universe? I doubt. Uh, it. <laughs> which is the show that she left Walking Dead to be on and Correct. was canceled uh, after one year, which is too bad because it was fun. Yeah, it was okay. Um, yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was, look, it freed I'm up. I'm glad uh, that it was canceled because it, it freed up Bill Lawrence. Right. Well, he he could have developed this anyway, but yes. Uh, that that's actually we might as well just move on to our main show of oh, the yeah. week. Wait, forget about how far, how far the Walking Dead. Oh, we're not that far, and it's fine. Uh, so Dustin and I have have uh, made our feelings known about Ted Lasso, but. Uh, uh, co created by Bill Lawrence along with uh, Jason Sudeikis uh, uh, and Beard, Coach Beard. Yep. Also, um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Brendan uh, Brendan Hunt and uh, Joe Kelly, who was also a, uh, a writer. Uh, he was a writer on SNL uh, at the same time that Sudeikis was there. He was also in uh, Boom Chicago in Amsterdam with Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt, which is where the three of them met. Uh, but uh, tell you who's the fucking comedy editor over here. But uh, the uh, anyway, uh, Dustin and I clearly are fans of Ted Lasso. But we requested of Tori uh, that she watch the show so that we could discuss it as the season finale just aired last Friday. Um, all ten episodes now available on Apple TV Plus. If that is something that you subscribe to, uh, so Tori, please, why don't you uh, let us know how you're feeling? Well, I cried a lot. Um, for like a lot of the day, and so this show, but not it, like sad crying. Just no, it was happy, beautiful, like cathartic yeah. crying. So here's my thing: if I were to, if I were in the mood to nitpick the show, it would be very easy to do so. The characters on the surface are very simple um, and too perfect. Like Ted Lasso as a character is too good to be true. Um, and, and so like a lot of the conflicts feel shallow or should feel shallow because right. it's, it's everyone and it's a show about reasonable adults <laughs> facing reasonable <laughs> problems with reasonable amounts of emotional maturity. Right. It's, and that ended up being like, it, it's a fucking marshmallow of a TV show. It's mm -hmm. just squishy and sweet, and there's no edges to it, and it turned out to be exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. Like, just human beings acting reasonably. <laughs> like, every time there was a problem, they talked about it. Right. And, like, it's all about just adults taking ownership of their behavior. Right. <laughs> and it was... It's <laughs> and, and also, um, and it, what was funny was it was kind of like a, it's a comedy that's also very much playing on the tropes of our, our very like feel good American sports 
uh, movies and shows and stuff like right. that. And so you have Ted Lasso, who I know was like a promo, like an, an NBC sports promo thing, right? Um, gets spun up into the into essentially Coach Taylor. Yeah. But it's like as much as I hated Coach Taylor. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I'm like, why well, couldn't like? Oh, Friday Night Lights was just all Ted Lasso. I just feel like not, I no, I just feel like this is this is what I wanted for you. From if you'd seen the first season of Friday Night Lights or the third season of Friday Night Lights, you would have had the same feelings that you had watching Ted Lasso. No, but we, because I think it would have been very similar. No, <laughs> because <laughs> what I like is the optimism. And and the just shiny goodness and the mm-hmm. one liners and just and I think the well every single character ends up having not it, you know it's not like going to be a deep and dramatic show but every single character that starts off seeming like a, a very obvious sort of bland type mm-hmm. is revealed to have another layer to them right and I like it really is everyone across the board. Right. And even to and, the point where Lasso is is in his weird, like, hokey way, the straight man the whole time until he has his breakdown. Right. Oh it's so... Oh. Right. And he, he's, it turns <laughs> out, not nearly as perfect as uh, as he comes across. As he comes across. Um, but but he deals cool. with it and then he goes back to being perfect. Like, yeah. it's just charming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a... Yeah. That's, that's, that's a very uh, astute assessment of it. Uh, and I, I I love that even the you know the purported villains of the show you know it, it's it's one of those things where like even the people who are it, it's hard to call them villains but the antagonists put it that way right. um, they they have good reasons for their behavior and it it doesn't make it right but it means that you know there's a justification and you know usually an emotional one in in the case of this show that. That like explains like oh even if I don't agree with what you're doing I understand why you're doing it yeah um, and it makes it so much more I, I like you said Tori I think it, it makes it so much more human um, because it's, yeah uh, the people who you who you hate at the beginning that you start to you start to love them too because you're like yeah. oh I see that you're wounded in this very specific way which I, is why you're a jerk either you find out the way in which they're wounded or they make steps toward growth that are right. believable and mature. Like that's right. the thing. Like the show seems like it should be so dumb and it ends up being this like model of maturity. Right. You know, like somebody come, you know, uh, the premise being that um, Ted Lasso is hired, you know, American football coach hired to be a British football coach, you know, teaching exclusively kicky boys mm-hmm. in a sport that he does not understand <laughs> much like me. Uh, and then he, and, and it's all because the owner of the of the league, of, of that team, uh, is trying to tank it because she's right. upset with her ex-husband and this was like right. his baby. Right. So you know this is going on. And you're obviously, and she's kind of set up as a very stereotypical ice queen and you're slowly watching her melt. Mm-hmm. But that is sort of, that is the entire premise of the show is that she's she has brought him in to, t- she doesn't want him to succeed. Right. This is not, everyone wants him to fail. And so when, and the culmination isn't him finding out and it being a fight or anything like that. It's another character going, you need to confess to this one thing. Right. And then she, she does, but she confesses to all of it and takes ownership and just tells him like, I set you up to fail and I'm so sorry. And he just forgives her. And And that that is, that is the resolution 
to the premise of the show is right. just, I forgive you. <laughs> but that's do it. you think that's, that, that was like what they had that in mind from the very beginning? Because it, it, works, it works perfectly. Like the, yeah. he's going through a divorce, she's going through the Oh, and it just crushed me. Just like, oh, right there. Oh, yeah. damn it, it. It would be boring if along the way the show didn't define every single character so well. Right. So it really kind of tricks you into like this is just a comedy and then like and it is still a comedy. It's very funny and it's so mm-hmm. funny with those one like single offhand jokes that are just kind right. of like tossed out there and everyone right. moves on and you know, but it, that it's all a mask for that kind of the the depth that is done very I I just keep coming back to maturely. Like it's yeah. just you know, and that's, they don't have to reach hard for this drama. Right, and that's kind of the. I mean, that's the, that's the the secret of like the Bill Lawrence formula. Yeah, is that he's um, at his best. His shows are, are masking uh, emotional depth with uh, with very silly jokes. Um, right, and you know it's all it's all being all the groundwork's being laid, but you're not paying attention to that until he wants you to pay attention to that. Um, there's a. Speaking of one-off jokes, I, I don't know why, but this one keeps popping up in my in my head, Tori. Where uh, it, I don't remember which episode. It's it's earlier in the run, but um, oh, I know it's it's about halfway through. It's after um, after uh, Ted benched uh, Jamie, and so the next episode, it's like a walk and talk with him and uh, and uh, Rebecca, and she says like, oh, you know, benching Jamie was a master stroke, and he just says, well, I don't think we're allowed to talk about talk like that anymore. <laughs> And then, like, she never acknowledges it. She just keeps going. Just keep and, like, going. It, it, it went so far over my head the first time. But then I, I rewatched it. I'm like, oh, my God. That is an amazing joke. And it's, it's so good that I missed it. And then, like, when I caught it, I'm like, oh, that's a fucking good joke. Yeah, there were a lot of... And every yeah. episode had at least one, if not multiple, of those yeah. little tiny, like... Um, but also, and this one, okay, I have to say, first off, I kept thinking of Dustin when... The episode comes on where the you hear the Jamie Tarts like the fan song that they sing at him. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like the baby Jamie shark. Tart. Yeah, and it's Baby Shark. And all I think of is like, oh, Dustin's gonna get that stuck in his head. Um, but also the fact that Roy's song is so much better when you finally hear what kind of his fan chant is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's not a rip off of freaking Baby Shark. Right. Um, I don't know. So can I ask a question to you guys? Because mm-hmm. I found myself every episode trying to figure out who my favorite character was because I loved mm-hmm. them all. Um, <laughs> it was very much like Pokemon. I wanted, I just wanted, I wanted to collect them and keep them. So, who was your favorite character? Like once you got through all of the episodes, if was there one that stood out as like your the center of all your sympathies or mm-hmm. that you you saw the most growth through? I, I mean, mine was Ted himself, but also um, uh, 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 Juno Temple, probably. Keely. Oh, Keely, yep. Yeah. Uh, Keely is up there. Um, just because I love that she's painted as, like, like again, like you said, Tori, like she starts off and you're just like, oh, kind of like the vapid. You know, uh, she's gonna uh, be so annoying. Influencer, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, just like hanger on. She's just kind of there because they're hot and you know, yeah, soccer players, and she's she's just kind of like a barely celebrity. 
but which which is all true at the beginning, but um, but they they deepen her so much, especially when she be- when she and Rebecca start to become friends, right? Um, which is kind of great. Uh, and I like that their friendship precedes her romance with Roy. Yeah, like they give uh, her a friendship to ground her. Yeah, I think for me, <laughs> it's probably Roy. Uh, just because, I, I mean, like, again, every, like, I can't, it, it, I, I don't really feel like it's fair to choose one character. I know, it's hard. Uh, but, but I think, e- even though, again, like, none of this, most of the show is unsurprising. Like, you kind of know what beats no, are coming okay. and they how it's going to play f- out. Yeah. They made a few surprising choices, I thought. All right. Well, we'll, wait, we'll, we'll come back to that. But okay. j- just to finish my thing about Roy, uh... Like, Roy's arc was... Like, you know, he's the old guy. So he he's, you know, past his prime and all that. Um, but there's... Uh, one thing is that I didn't really know... Who, I didn't know who Brett Goldstein was, the the actor. Um, he was also a writer on the show. Um, but he was... Which a, surprised I think me. He, he was a stand-up in, in, uh, in England. And he's a writer. And he also co-created uh, Soulmates, which is uh, starting on AMC tonight. But, um, but, oh, but I'd never heard of him. So I, I didn't know who he was. Um, and there's something, uh, there's just like one thing that he does really well in his performance, which was, um, he's, he's equally good at being very angry, like, you know, uh, kind of like gruff, uh, you know, veteran guy of the team. Um, but he adds like a little, a little tremble in his voice in certain moments, uh, which just... I don't know. It, it it's like it it, it showcased a it, in the, the way that he played the character. It showcased like every once in a while you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's super vulnerable." Um, yeah. And I don't know. I really appreciated that. I uh, I agree. Like overall, I think Roy was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And exactly for that, it's like he he comes off as like the angry thug, but he more often than not he would do something that would surprise you in the scenes also right. that one bit where all the one scene where all he did was growl oh, oh yeah <laughs> oh my god um but that said there were other so i think consistently he was sort of my mvp mm-hmm. <laughs> sport term i know stuff uh of, of individual <laughs> episodes but there were other so nathan Early Nathan on. Nathan was great. And then yeah. he just consistently, like, grew on me. Yeah. Higgins was surprising to me. He I kind know. of, toward the end, just I was like... out of nowhere. Yeah, like, the surprise, yeah. like, oh, you might actually be in the running for my favorite. Well, um, one thing that was interesting about Higgins, too, was that um, I, I wish... This is one of those things where I, I wish that they had had time to do just a little bit more with yeah. Higgins and Rebecca because um, there's a line that... Rebecca has towards the end of the season where um, I think it's right when she's firing or when he's about to quit or maybe maybe that's not right maybe it's the episode before. anyway there's a point where where um, oh he's mad at her and then and then she's she basically says like uh, she says like you know why were you why did you like you never you made excuses like you had lunch with me so that my ex-husband could cheat on me right and um and then she says, like, we were supposed to be friends. And that the, the thing that bummed me out was that that line was so good and that revelation was so good. I actually wanted to, to like, I wish that we had known that they were friends because they had never acted uh, like it. They never acted like it because we only saw it after the fact. 
right? After the betrayal, after she's gotten divorced. Right. Um, and it would have been, uh, if there was, like, some, I, there's no easy way to do it, so I understand why they didn't do it. But, like, if there had been, like, a little bit more of a hint of that, then um, I would have, like, that line would have hit even harder. And, I feel like after they kind of make up, once she, after she goes to his house and, like, they right. kind of have their, their moment there and she she knows more about his life, they, you see hints of maybe, I'm not saying it was exactly, like, what it was before, yeah. but when they have warmed back up to each other. Right, you um, see what they're like when they're friends. Yeah, you can kind of yeah. get a, a hint of that dynamic. But, you yeah. know. And part of that is I love, I like that, that the idea of the Rebecca that we don't see is mm-hmm. built into her character. Because at yeah. first it's just she was happily married, you think, and now she's been cheated on and she's bitter. Um, right. But then when they bring in the episode where they're in Liverpool and you, you meet her best friend and you find out, you know, that she was even more different like when you know before the husband right and i i really loved and again it's like every character it's not just about like the problems that they face but their biggest problem is accepting their own responsibility for their oh yeah when she gets called out when she gets called out for it because like she finally apologizes for like having basically abandoned her best friend and her goddaughter Mm-hmm. When she got like wrapped up in marrying this like multimillionaire, right? And the friend is like, you know, thanks for for sassy, uh, you know, thanks for uh, apologizing, but you know, it's not that you got locked in this ivory tower, right? You climbed every step of that tower yourself, right. like you chose every step of the way to get mm-hmm. wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. and it's those are the little insights. And even when you have the episode with the diamond dogs and they're talking about relationships and it's literally a room full of guys, just like, again, being emotionally mature. <laughs> like, you know, I, I really loved that, you know, it is a sports show that is, yeah, just about accepting responsibility for your own actions. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. It was so nice. It was so unrealistic. Right. Like, the fact oh. that that was the most unrealistic thing about the, like, goofy Jason Sudeikis NBC Sports promo show. Right. Yeah. I loved it. He was he was just Leslie Nope as a, as a dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Coach Beard. What Coach a character. Coach Beard was great. the Ron Swanson. He was the Ron Swanson. He was... And I saw him, that, that interview with him on Seth Meyers, and he's sort of, he's like a goofy, he's a much goofier guy, obviously, than he is in the show. And then after seeing that and then seeing, watching another couple episodes again, you sort of see, oh, wait, he is a little bit goofy, goofier yeah. than you think. Like, yeah. uh, like the most uh, Brendan Hunt, I feel like, came through was when he's singing uh, Gaga. Oh, my God, that was so yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> but like, oh, yeah, that feels more like a, yeah. like a, like a, like, I mean, you know, that feels more probably closer to who he is. Or, or the, um, uh, the other one was, uh, when they do the joke setup purely so that he can, uh, so he can do a, a, a Christopher Lloyd impression. Oh. Yes. And they, he's like, like, who was the president back then? Uh, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> uh, they, they did a callback to that also, which I also appreciated, which is when the, um, when they're drinking in the pub and uh, Beard has, like, four beers in front of him and uh, he says, like, oh, uh, they make the uh, Cuckoo's Nest reference. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, like, I, was al- I forget the character's name now, but he's like, I was always more of a so-and-so guy and that was Christopher Lloyd's character. Yeah. In that, 
I was just like, oh, they're just every chance they get, they're just like layering in, you know, every joke. Uh, any time they can, anytime they can just deepen this, uh, you know, deepen the flavor of this broth, uh, it's, uh, you know, they'll do it. Um, yeah. I just okay. I just want to talk briefly about some of the choices that were made that oh, were yeah, not yeah. Sorry. that were that were a little bit unexpected. Right. Yes. Starting with with the divorce, that's mm-hmm. not something you see at a sitcom. Right. That was that was really well done and heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. You know that he's separated, and you think that a lot of this is going to be like personal growth throughout the season, and then they'll right. come together and reconcile. And it's like, no, the personal growth is no. realizing he needs to let her go. Mm-hmm. Right, that was that was just devastating, and yes. also a bummer because I love Andrea Enders. Yeah, but so be it. Roy's uh, arc was a little unusual in that he had that huge moment in the finale, but it was done in such a way that sort of burned the character that he may not be able to come back. Next. I think they're going to make him a coach. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, or maybe they just have... give him an arc where he's like, what the hell do I do with my life now? Um, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But they also did the same thing with Jamie by trading him away. That was a, like, that's not what you do in this sort right. of underdog sports movie. You don't trade away the big star. Right. Um, also, they they went with uh, Friday Night Lights season three there in the end. Instead yeah. Of yeah. Season oh, yeah. One. That was absolutely the, the season three ending. They uh, lost. Ugh. Oh, my God. So good. It was... It was such a roller coaster. I was like, yes, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. But then he gave the same speech that Coach gave uh, at season three it's, uh, after the, the big loss, which was basically, I've never been more proud of you. Yeah. Can I say, okay. like, one of my favorite moments that was like, Please. okay, this was the, I think, one of the first times that I cried and the first unexpected <laughs> moment. But you know how they're always chanting wanker at him? And so like the, when they finally win, yeah. and, and they start chanting wanker, but it's like a positive chant. Right. My and God. I don't know why, that one just touched me. It's so, so good. It's so good. <laughs> I was like, oh. But it's a good culmination of uh, his journey up to that point. Yeah. Um, and even calling back to uh, Same But Different, which was a joke from the pilot. Um, yeah, was that the same exactly. episode where we found out he also was making the biscuits himself? Because that was like, oh. I also like that I they... I think that's the next episode. They reveal know. that, the way he reveals that to her, and you see it, like, dawn on Rebecca, but she mm-hmm. doesn't... There is no follow-up, because, like, for a few episodes, it's, like, her really desperately wanting to know where he gets these biscuits. Right. And then when she finally... Like, we've already known he's making them, because there's just, like, a throwaway scene, like, in a montage of, of him making them. Yeah. Um, and then when he just kind of says, like, you know, oh, I, I really nailed the recipe this time, da, 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 and as he's, like, running out the door, and you just kind of see her realize, like, she's been sending Higgins out to find the bakery. Right. And it's been Ted doing it himself every day all along. And right. then that's it. It's just he keeps bringing her, her biscuits, and she keeps accepting them. But I, I, I really liked that they let that moment happen and acknowledged it and then didn't say anything. Didn't make it right. Right. That was it. That and was they, enough. Like, we all understand the impact that had on her because it was all a slow kind of chipping away right. at her priorities. And they didn't um, they didn't try to pair them up or uh, 
and, and I thought they would, and they I thought they would throw that sort of the fact that he slept with her best friend yeah. in her face, and they just left that alone, and then they yeah. may come back at a, at a, a later Yeah, later but I'm time. very glad that that was not that they do right. not seem on a trajectory of becoming romantically involved. Although right. Rebecca and Sam. He's very complimentary to her. I was actually kind of, that one, I'm kind of like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of okay. Like, I, I kind of feel like, oh, I kind of want to see that. I do, too. Wait, it doesn't wait, Which one was Sam? What? Obisanya, the nice guy. Uh, oh, that from, guy. He's the one who, like, yeah, because they, they, they're the only one, he's the only re- player who's had, like, real moments with her. Yeah. Um, and just him being, a lot of it is just him being so nice, but... Um, but, but like, yeah, it, it carried over beyond, like, they started with the joke of, like, oh, I'm not hitting on you. This is just for the team. But then when they go on the road trip, he's still kind of nice to her, and he's seated next to her at, like, the um, uh, karaoke. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing. So they played it out enough where it's kind of like, oh, you know, maybe season two. Oh, maybe they I hope so. Do it. I don't know why. I just Well, also just because I love him, and I, I really want yeah. good things from him. I, he also had another one of my favorites, which was just, um, it's kind of like his first big moment when he's talking to Ted Lasso, and Ted Lasso mm-hmm. tries to hand him the the little military man. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The little plastic military man. And they're, they're talking, and they have a really lovely moment, and then he's like, is it okay if I, if I don't accept this, though? Because, you know... Like, American military means something different. It means to something me. different to me. I'm Nigerian, and then and you see Ted Lasso go, ah, imperialism. And he's like, yeah, imperialism, and like that's it. But I just love yeah. that. Him, just a knowing nod, and the word imperialism mm-hmm. is a punchline in and of mm-hmm. itself. That was great. That was um, wonderful. I, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of other. I, I, I also love that, and this is something that I thought they did a really good job of over the course of the show. Um, slowly, like, expanding the cast kind of, like, at the right pace. So by the end, you know, you know, even the characters who are basically one note up to this point, but you but you get, you know, they didn't try to throw all of them at you in the first couple of levels. Like, you, like slowly you're learning, like, okay, right. that's the, the weird French guy who, like, sleeps with models. That's the, you know, kind of dumb guy. That's the guy who thinks he's tough all the time. Yeah. That, you know, so, so but, but by the end, by the time you get to the, the end, and they can refer to all of them, and you know, you know, you know who they are besides the the main cast. Yeah. Also, the I love the bar patrons. Oh May, yeah. The like the woman who runs the yeah. pub, and then like the three football mm-hmm. fans who are always there, and are always giving him shit, and like. Right. But but it's funny. It's funny too with with them that the uh, of the three fans, there's the one guy who's always super nice to him, and they and the other two get mad, and they're like, don't don't humanize him, or don't you know, don't treat him like a like a person. Yeah. But then by the time you get to the end, uh, they're all basically on board with Ted. Yeah, they'll still call him wanker, <laughs> but they like yeah. yeah they're, they're... But they're like, oh, we're really sorry, it's not working out. Like we kind of like you now. Aww. Uh, that was great. Uh, his speeches are great. Uh, and the last thing that I, there, there are so many moments for the, from this show that I feel like you can really, like, it, it's weird because it's such a silly show, but there are a lot of things you can dig into. Like, yeah. um, like just as an example, when, uh, when Nate kind of like fires up the team on the road trip, um, by basically like, you know, oh. mocking everybody. Yes. Telling the um, truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. But, but there's a, so the scene's amazing. And he gets to call everybody out, and it's great. Uh, and he finds his voice, which is great. But 
there's a there's a moment immediately after which I was like, this is kind of like like just the the level of thought that's put into it, whether it's conscious or not, is so fascinating to me because and impressive because he he's just told you know the team uh, all their flaws. Uh, Roy got mad and you know uh, broke the bench and then said like let's go and like they're all yelling and they're all you know charging out onto the field and there's just one shot right after that where Ted leans in to Nate and he says like see told you you could do it and but the shot is just technically the shot is centered on Nate and you don't see all of Ted's face because he's kind of like half off screen yeah and it's just such a great uh, visually it just like reminds you like oh no this is Nate's moment it's not Ted's moment it's, and so it's yeah. just like so perfectly shot and like there 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 are all these little moments like that um when uh when the team has bonded and they're all around the fire and then Ted looks off at Rebecca walking off and she just like shrugs off the jacket and yeah. it's like oh no she's gonna be evil again yeah um there there are all these little moments like that that are so well done and kind of like it's almost like the show like from a premise like if you think about it from a premise standpoint this show doesn't have to be that good but it is and they put in that kind of thought like like it could have been like an like a solid sitcom right and that's fine yeah um but all these little touches that they do like that or like throwaway jokes that you know you just like hear and either catch it or you miss it and you move on um i don't know it's just it's just so impressive to me and uh and uh and makes it so much more entertaining. Even, uh, like, the, the culture shock element, where it should be, like, fish out of water, or like, right. you know, all the... There was less humor about the sort of, you know, Yankee in... Essentially the Yankee in King Arthur's Court image right. of it, like, you know, him being in England and not understanding anything. Like, that was window dressing, but mm. that wasn't the source of the humor either. Right. You know... Uh, those were the not. I don't even want to say the weakest jokes. It was just sort of like they were perfunctory. It was like, oh yeah, right. Ted Lasso like keeps making fun of tea because it's garbage water. Right. Like, that's like the starting that's point like because my we just get running joke. We just get like, oh yeah, that's a starting point. He's an American in uh, in England. He's never been there before. Right. So. And you know, and, and but you think like, especially from the promos and stuff like that, there there's going to be a lot of that. And it's also not so much about. I mean, in the way that season two of Friday Night Lights was really not about football. Um, you know, Ted Lasso is barely about soccer. Right, right. <laughs> you don't... It's barely about football. It's barely about football. Yeah. Um, anyway, I loved this show. <laughs> and if anybody so... needs to feel good and or cry <laughs> cathartically. This is the show for you. Oh, my God. I like, nobody that's watched it has disliked it. Yeah. The, and and so many people were like, I this is so much better than I was expecting. Right. This right. was like yeah. I would never have watched this on my because not that and like I like the cast I like you know it just none of the subject matter is anything I'm particularly into. Right. It like, also makes me weirdly proud of Bill Lawrence because he's come. I mean, he, Scrubs is like my all time favorite sitcom, but Scrubs had a lot of episodes that were like problematic. And that haven't aged well. And yeah, but that's see, also like fifteen to twenty years ago. So. I totally, totally. But to see uh, Lawrence and to hear him on uh, the podcast occasionally with uh, Zach and Donald, and then <laughs> to see him uh, evolve like this, I'm just like I'm super proud of the guy. Mm-hmm. He makes me happy. 
was like, this is this is what you should be doing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even even as a storyteller, he's gotten so much better. Yeah. Right. And and maybe that's Brendan Hunt and Joe Kelly. I don't know, but. Well, no, but I mean, he's still definitely the one running the show. I right. mean, it's because because uh, you know Brendan Hunt is not has not been you know a a sitcom writer for for years and years and. Uh, I, I don't know what Joe Kelly's done, but like, but like none of them, you know, he's he's still the one running the room and and uh, running the show. And um, they also hired a bunch of people from like comedy, like Jamie Lee, who's a stand-up comedian who wrote on Crashing, and was on Crashing season two. Um, there was another uh, another writer who uh, who oh shoot, I'm blanking on the name right now, but um, uh, oh, I feel terrible. But there was another writer who like who who is like from like the LA comedy scene, like uh, right. I, and you know has become a sitcom writer in the years since. But um, I don't know. There's something about that that really felt nice, like the idea that like this show, you know, this show goes. It, it's it's a 2020 show, but it goes back to you know these three guys becoming friends in Amsterdam in the late 90s uh, <laughs> because they all performed at Boom Chicago in Amsterdam and like became buddies and Brendan Hunt knew soccer. And so they started to become friends over soccer and just like over goofy comedy stuff. And, you know, eventually it becomes a show 20 years later, like, you know, 10 years after it was a funny, weird commercial, right? It becomes, (laughs) it becomes like a really good show. And so I don't know, just, you never know where it's going to come from, you know? I love this. Yeah, and, and, and this has a very good chance. I think as more people watch it, and I think I think this will actually help Apple TV Plus a lot, mm-hmm. and this could actually become like a big cult show for the year. Yeah. It's, IMDb has already got it ranked as the 111th best show of all time. But that's by users, right? Yes. And nobody trusts yeah. IMDb users. Yeah, what do no, people I, know? I, I, whatever. They're garbage. <laughs> uh, it's getting there. It's coming. I do have one hope. Yes. Next season, I really hope that they do somehow get Robbie Williams to appear. Because <laughs> when I heard he was supposed to be a musical guest, I was like, I want to see Robbie Williams. Right. I love Robbie Williams. I mean, they probably really? could at this point. Wow. Oh, my God. I yeah. love Robbie Williams. He has a whole album about how he got too full of himself. No, well, no, he's a famous musician. No, you, I know who he is. Right. So uh, there's vaguely. There's this one album that he did that's all about how he got too full of himself and moved to Los Angeles and thought he was going to be hot shit, but nobody, but nobody knew who he was in L.A., so he just did a lot of drugs and got depressed. And it's an amazing album, but it will also make you depressed and want to do a lot of drugs. It's literally his, like, flame-out album, and then he, like, goes back to the U.K. and is like, okay, I'll, I'm just going to do covers of, like, Sinatra songs. All right. Wait, wait, I have to mention this. On IMDb, uh, they rank, you, you know, the user ratings, whatever. They have the, the top one, the top shows. Uh, Ted Lasso was 111. You know what 110 is? Friday Night Lights. The Mandalorian. Yes, we're still winning. <laughs> and Technically, was, they're tied. But best no, no, show how is 2020. That tied? No, best, yeah, and here's the other thing. I was about to be like, what if Ted Lasso is like low-key the best show of 2020? And then I stopped myself and I was like, Mandalorian's still coming up. I mean, look, we can't, call we it. can't crown it yet. Yeah, we can't. But, yeah. it's, but it's up there. It's, it's probably on our lists. Number 97. Number 97 is Cobra Kai, which has, for those who have watched Ted Lasso and love it, 
uh, Cobra Kai is the closest thing spiritually to it out right now. Hmm. I've only seen the first season, but I kind of... I get that, yeah. You didn't love it? I mean, it has that same sort of feel-good... Yeah. um, Yeah, I I, I, absolutely... I I just never watched season two just because I never... I wanted to. I just kind of fell off. and But now it's on Netflix, it's, so I can watch it. Yeah. And, it's and a, at least two more seasons. So That's right. Um, yeah, but, uh, all right. Uh, we have... We're, we have got a game? We, we've got a game. Um, it's not a good game, but... No, it's all right. Why, uh, why do you sell yourself short? Because I... decide if it's a good no, game. No, 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 no. This one I can... <laughs> it, it is uh, factually correct for me to say it's not a good game because I planned it very late. But uh, we're going to play it anyway. It is the untitled made-for-commercials game. Um, so, oh. so part of what's, what's wrong with this game is that it, is, it encompasses both television and movies because I could not only do TV. There's not uh, enough. There's not enough. But the, these are questions about uh, TV shows or movies that were, uh, that were developed off of commercials. Okay. I know one. I know one as well. I bet we so, have the same, the same one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm just going to ask a bunch of various questions, uh, and there's no particular order. So let's start with this uh, uh, chaos round. Uh, name the the show and or movie that you are, are aware of. Cavemen. The cavemen. The Geico yeah, cavemen. cavemen. Correct. That's what I was going to say. You, you both get a point. You go, both get a point okay, for cavemen. Okay. That's fine. We got all that right. out of the way. Okay. But all right. So we got that one out of the way. Uh, let's 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 stay on cavemen for a second. Um, no, that's what, all I know uh, about it. Nick Kroll. Uh, I'll give you a point for Nick Kroll. Geico. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was actually going to be the question, so Tori Booyah. gets that for Geico, because uh, I was going to ask what company was it for. Geico. Um, so we're at 2-2 two, two, very quickly, and I've technically only asked one question. Um, all right. We've so, also exhausted so, our knowledge on so, this topic. So uh, uh, off, of, off of Nick Kroll... Uh, he was actually involved in another made-for-commercial turned-into-TV-and-or-movie project. Uh, can, can, uh, can either of you name it? I'll, I'll give hints, because I assume that's too big. Yes. Uh, I believe it was released in 2018. Really? Okay, that was like uh, a decade ago. Let me see. Let me make it <laughs> seriously. <laughs> yes, it was 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a film. Okay. Whole movie. Uh, it was directed by Charles Stone III, who directed uh, Drumline, among other things. Oh, uh, nice guy. Oh, I love Drumline. Uh, nice guy. Was, you know Charles Stone? He 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 directed episodes of a show that I was a uh, an assistant on many oh. many years ago, and he he seemed cool. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, that was Lincoln Heights, that show. Uh, no points either way. Um, yeah, I was never going to uh, get that. Yeah. Uh, the, okay, the commercials, the, commercial the commercials involved... <laughs> we're supposed to answer that, Dustin. <laughs> uh, the commercials involved a, uh, a basketball player dressed as an older gentleman uh, schooling youngsters <gasps> on, the, on the court. Oh. Vaguely remember. I remember Vaguely. the commercial, and I remember that there was a movie, and if you ask there me for a, a name, I, I will Do you remember, okay, how about this? Do you remember what the product was that they were selling in the commercial? I don't know. Wasn't it like a drink or maybe a shoe? <laughs> a drink <laughs> those or are, a shoe. Those are two, two, uh, 
two possibilities. Life insurance. Uh, uh, incorrect on the life insurance. Vitamins? Um, no, vitamin not water. Vitamins. Uh, uh, incorrect. Uh, uh, right. Adult diapers. Rebox. Incorrect. Incorrect. All right, so that's going to just turn into a clue. Uh, the product <laughs> it was for was Pepsi. Well. I um, said, didn't I say drinks? drinks yeah, but you got to be more specific than that. Wow. You said sports drinks. Well, said I went water. that way. Vitamin water. Uh, all right. The the uh, the lead character is played by Kyrie Irving, famous yes. NBA basketball player. Kyrie Irving, dressed up as a uh, as another person whose name I can't say because it is the title of the movie. Uh, I know what? that this movie exists, and I <laughs> do not Irving? remember the name of it. All right. It's uh, the character. It's, it's it's the character. It's called Uncle Drew. It was yeah. a 2018 oh, movie. Oh, I remember uh, that. Uncle Drew puts together a crew to play. Uh, Lil Real Howery uh, finds his Uncle Drew to put together a crew to play in a basketball tournament. Um, Nick Kroll is like the, the bad guy, oh, basically. Oh, I, I don't remember any of this, except that if I'm remembering correctly, it came out on Labor Day, and I didn't even assign it as a review because nobody <laughs> cares about Labor Day reviews. And uh, but it ended up doing much better than I anticipated, and it made yeah. like twelve million on the opening weekend. And I was like, "What the fuck? I've never heard of this movie in my life." Uh, yeah, based on a based on a Pepsi commercial. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> let's stay in the. At this game. <laughs> well, look, it's two two, so that we're doing we're doing fine. All right, all right, um, all right. Let's stay in the realm of uh, <laughs> movies and basketball. There's another one, real famous, that I bet you can remember Space because Jam. I bet you've. Correct, Thank Space you. Jam. Well, I was uh, gonna come on. All it's right. the chaos, chaos uh, scenario. Three, three tutorial. Okay, what was uh, what, what was the original product being uh, being advertised in the commercial version? Oh, good question. It wasn't Looney Tunes. It wasn't Michael Jordan. Pizza Hut. Incorrect. Nike. Correct. It was Nike. <laughs> uh, Pizza Hut's not a bad guess. Um, Who's all that right, means? so. Sp- Space Jam, uh, 3-3. Uh, ca- let's do another chaos question. Um, at the same time, please describe the plot of Space Jam, and I will award points based on this. Uh, Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. And then what happens? <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> Basketball. I never watched it. Uh, Tell me I'm wrong. Tori's getting a half point for that. <laughs> I mean, I know what happens, that. What happens is... I've well, you didn't say it. that you knew that. <laughs> but the, is is Marvin the Martian in it, too? Marvin the Martian is in also it. Also Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck is in it. Uh, is Do they have to win a game in order to uh, uh, win a bet? Save the universe? They have to win a game to uh, win their freedom because the uh, the aliens... Uh, are are trying to turn them into turn all the Looney Tunes characters into uh, uh, attractions in in his like theme park. Isn't and so no. in the in the contract it says like because they like rewrite it because it's Looney Tunes logic. Um, we can beat you. <laughs> we like like we can win our freedom if we beat you in basketball. And then they're like, oh no, it's in the contract. And then they say like, okay, but we're gonna steal the powers of NBA players. And so they pick a bunch of good NBA players and also Luke Longley because he was really tall. And then the monsters become like really badass and also Luke Longley. Um, Who's Luke Longley? So he was a basketball player who was probably in this movie just because he was on the Bulls yeah. at the same time as Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was, he was fine. Like, he wasn't amazing. But his main thing was that he was very tall. 
Oh, okay. Because you um, kept like saying basketball players trait. and him, so I thought maybe he was just like a very tall football player. No, no, he's just a he's just like a very a tall non- basketball player. Okay. Um, like he was good, but he wasn't an all star. Tony um, Kukoc. Oh, I'm sorry. I just remembered that name. Yeah, Tony Kukoc he was, was also. Point, he was the three point guy. Yes. Uh, but uh, someone's watched The Last Dance recently, maybe. I haven't. I've never seen it. I just oh, Scotty you should watch it. Tony, because uh, well, the, yeah. it's not. A, it's a good movie, or it's a good documentary. Um, I watched fun. basketball for a brief period of time in the early '90s, so I am familiar with. But I, I haven't watched it. So, but I just remember Tony Kukoc. Well, Tony Kukoc not in the movie. Uh, he is an NBA Jam, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, uh, so the 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 aliens steal the powers of these humans uh, to make their guys good, and then the Looney Tunes are like, "Oh no, now we're going to lose." And so that's why they kidnap uh, Michael Jordan on the golf course. They pull him through oh, the wow. the, uh, the tin cup that he's go- he's golfing with Bill Murray, and gets sucked into the Tune World through the golf club uh, the the hole. And uh, and then they're like, you got to help us. And then he helps them. And then they, you know. So what you're saying is that Space Jam was a prequel to the Kevin Costner movie Tin Cup. It was Ooh, probably. Tim, Tim, I don't Tim know Cup's if it's amazing. a prequel, but they probably exist in the same universe. That's I um, love that because that because uh, also the Michael Jordan side of it, it like takes place in like are you because it takes place like when he retired from basketball and is playing baseball. Um, oh yeah, which was so dumb. Which was a oh, real that's thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although Tin Cup was the original Friday Night Lights season three. Was Tin Cup the first <laughs> movie that did that? Uh, like you mean where like, like where like you lost, lose but you yeah. win a moral victory? <laughs> and Rocky must have done that, right? Well, Rocky, the first point. Rocky for sure. Yeah, because oh, he loses, but that. but he's still like, "Yo, Adrian, I did it!" Because he he stood toe to toe with the champ uh, and turned his life around and went from being a nobody to a Lost in twelve rounds, but, but nobody you know, did it like Tin Cup. I mean, that's yeah. the best. Tin Cup was really good. The Tin yeah. Cup one is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, Wait, question. Yes. Is Space Jam a vanity project in which Michael Jordan literally takes on all of the best players of the NBA? No, uh, Space Jam is. Uh, it's a vanity project where uh, he was acting opposite a bunch of guys in like green screen suits with tennis balls because it's all him playing basketball against Looney Tunes. But they so. were supposed to have, have stolen the powers of other Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, but it wasn't it was a it, actually you but know it's they don't show up. No. Uh okay. they're only they only show up you see them lose their powers and then at the end you see them all kind of hanging out in a gym and they're very sad cuz they're like terrible at basketball now. And so they're like, oh, we're not good at basketball anymore. And then they get their powers back. Do they, um, does Michael Jordan show up and, like, give them their powers back? As, like, remember. a savior of basketball? <laughs> I don't remember if that happens or not. Uh, maybe not, but I don't know. Um, What's I really remember- fascinating is how, yes. is how passionate Dan is about Lost and Space Jam. Yeah. Look, Space Jam was a formative uh, experience These are in my youth. New things, new, new revelations to me. Uh, it's look, it's not a good movie, but it was an important movie, uh, and uh, and because it's about believing in yourself, you know. And it's like 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 when when the uh, like Ted Lasso. So, 
like Ted Lasso. So at at ha- oh here's how we tie it back. So at halftime, they're all like frustrated because they're getting they're getting their they're getting their butts kicked by the by the monsters. That's the alien team. They're called the monsters, um, and uh, and they're like, oh man, we should just quit because you know we can't. There's no way we can beat them, and you know not realizing in the moment that quitting means you are just accepting that you're gonna be you know in this zoo. So like 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 quitting doesn't get you anything better. Like you might as well play it out. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And so what happens is uh, uh, Bugs uh, gets a uh, gets a, a bottle of water, like a squeeze bottle, and he he tape he puts a piece of masking tape on it, and it says like Michael Jordan's secret secret juice or whatever it is. And he's like, "Hey guys, I figured out the secret to Michael Jordan why Michael's so good at basketball, and it's this. It's like he drinks this, and then he gets real good at basketball, and then they all start drinking it, and it's just water. But it but what it is is that it it helps them believe that they can win." And so they start to believe in themselves, and then they uh, and then they 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 get closer, and then they're uh, they're like down by one at the end. And then the the other lesson is that Michael Jordan learns that in the Toon World he has the powers of a of a cartoon. And so it's like the very end of the game, and it's like oh no, we're not going to score in time. But then he can stretch his arm, so he stretches his arm like across the court and like scores the last second. Um, that sounds a lot like this one Supernatural episode I just watched, <laughs> where Jensen Ackles keeps getting hit in the face with a frying pan. Um, I mean, you're not rolls. wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. Um, all right, so I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Let's <laughs> I, let's get back I, yes. to the game. Uh, three and a half to three. Tori is up. Um, all right, here by is half a n- point. by half point. Uh, here is another. Uh, this one was both TV and movies, as it turns out. Uh, based on commercials, uh, these commercials were in the 80s, uh, and they started as local commercials in the Nashville area. Jim Varney, Ernest. Correct. He whirl. Uh, that is... Uh, wow. I am that, from the South. That is two I'm points for well aware. He actually wins the game. Um, <laughs> because, wow. yeah, the, the Ernest TV show and movie universe, uh, which I came... I was talking to my kids... I was there trying was a, to one season show, yeah. I was trying to explain this phenomenon to my kids the other day. It's so shocking. Like I, I went back when I was researching this. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot. One, I forgot how young uh, Jim Varney was. Yeah. Uh, at the time, but two, uh, just like that, that I, like I had seen the at least some of the Ernest movies in theaters because um, I was a kid at the time, but I didn't realize. Hi, uh, Vern. I, <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, that they started off as like local commercials. I just thought it was like, like I thought he was kind of like a, I thought yeah. it was like Pee Wee Herman, where like You're he not. had come out of like you know Groundlings or something like that with a character he and was like just turned it into a thing. omnipresent in my area in Arkansas. Uh, it's like everywhere. All yeah. you see was these goddamn commercials. And it would say that he would just, they would just kind of do commercials for whatever, right? Yeah, so you could yeah. Kinda, like it wasn't like he was exclusive to like one product or one shop. You could just so. kind of hire him to do your commercial if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and it was, so hey, Vern, it's Ernest. And that's right. The camera. Um, <laughs> hey, Vern. Hey, Ernest. And then they turned it into a... Into a An empire. Brief empire. He, yeah. he was like the original Larry the Cable Guy, or uh, I, he may have... I don't remember if he or Yakov Smirnoff was first. Yakov I feel Shmirnoff? like Yakov Smirnoff was, was like a comedian before that. Yeah. Because wasn't he was like he? in the early to mid-80s? But I feel like he, he, he was of the same Malou. Could be. Maybe they they gained prominence around the same time. 
They're both very famous in Branson, Missouri, is what I will say. I right. don't think I've ever seen an Ernest movie, but I remember when I was in kindergarten. Yes, Seth. Everyone was talking about them. I think Seth wants to contribute something here. Oh, all right. Has he been listening? Sure that you were watching this back and forth thing. No, he. Oh, oh, oh! You've seen? Uh, yes. Madness. Yes. <laughs> you lost it on a garbage drive that accomplished nothing. That makes you feel good. Yeah, I I do. No, no, not at all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We are now talking about fantasy football, in which I lost a game. Big sports ball, Tori. By <laughs> half a point, uh, in the last uh, few seconds. Oh, did that? That's um... hurt. Does it matter? Uh, do you still? Are you still in the running? I'm not to win? that. I'm not that upset because Dan is so bad this year. Not uh, his own fault, but because his team is falling Everyone apart. Everyone is injured. My, but my also best, his own fault. My best two <laughs> players got hurt last week, and then my best remaining player got hurt this got week. Got hurt this week, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not that worried right now because Dan has no hope. Will I He's oh, own fault. But you, but, but you lost to the worst person to lose to in the league. Uh, yeah, Tom probably. Brady? I believe in you, Dan. Uh, that makes one of us. Wait, will either of you, if you lose, will you be relegated (laughs) to the championship league? Um, We don't have relegation in this league, although I've always wanted to be in a fantasy league that had relegation. Super Uh, confusing to me, that whole relegation thing. And I understand what it is. Yeah. Oh, Seth wants to talk about relegation right now. <laughs> relegation is the fucking best, Seth's and I high. want it in American sports. Yes, <laughs> agreed. And I also want to relegate Dustin from all sorts of things. <laughs> also agreed. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, if you relegate uh, Dustin, you can take over his spot. He can't hear us, though. That's fine. No, it's better that way. <laughs> Saying if you relegate me, then you can take over my spot. No, no, no. I'm going to elevate somebody else. I don't want the spot. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's right. why he's the producer. Yep. That's right. Uh, producer <laughs> Seth at Love Spackle on Twitter if you would like to hear more from him or, you know, reach him because we can't because he doesn't He's not listening. Right. Um, all right. So Dustin won the game, but I wanted to, I have one more, uh, one more property that I just wanted to run through to see if you remember it. Um, so do you remember a television show? It was a CBS sitcom in the early 2000s based on a commercial for an internet startup uh, featured a baby that could talk. <gasps> Shit, my dad said no. That no, 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 no. That was a good one. But I that remember what you're talking I know what you're talking about. Um, yes. What was it? Do you remember what it was called? Oh. It was an, illiterate, an alliterative title. I feel like that was insurance too, right? Uh, no, I'll give you the, t- the original ads were actually for, uh, freeinternet.com. That was back in the late .com era. I can picture them, but I cannot think of it. Wait, was there a right. time when the internet was free? There was a time when the internet was free. <laughs> uh, the show was called, the short-lived show was called Baby Bob on CBS. Uh, here's the cast, just so you, just so you hear it. Uh, the parents of Baby Bob were played by Adam Arkin and Jolie Fisher. Oh, Adam. What? And, the, and then their parents, or one of their parents, I don't know whose, were played by Holland Taylor and Elliot Gould. What? So these actors all signed on to a show where the premise was the baby could talk. And, okay. like, I don't think the baby could talk to them. I think the baby was just talking to us. Okay, but wasn't Holland Taylor also on Two and a Half Men? 
this probably was before that. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying, if yeah. we're talking about choices. Well, well I'm Han just saying. Taylor, but... who is um, the Amazing. girlfriend of Sarah Paulson, right? Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, it was a short-lived CBS sitcom uh, where they did that mouth replacement thing so the baby could talk, and they had somebody doing the voice of the baby, obviously. Uh, later, so it went from an ad to a sitcom, and then went back to an ad because later the the kind of like the same thing was used for uh, E Trade ads. I was going to say I thought it was E Trade. Yeah, E-trade, that was that was, was, that was after too. the sitcom. So it was oh, an wow. ad before that, and then became a show, and then went back to being an ad. I mean, look, when you have oh, IP that valuable, you don't right. just let that. You know, you go find to waste. you find ways to use your your baby uh, talk technology. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, Dustin's won the game. Um, not that it matters, because we don't even award rants anymore. Um, but uh, congratulations, Dustin. Somehow cheating his <laughs> Dan way. Dan already oh, ranted about that. Dan already had two good rants. You know, you know what it is? Is Dustin, I know how Dustin cheated. He cheated by being born and raised in the South. Where uh, Ernest P. Worrell is was omnipresent, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, congratulations, Dustin. Um, good job. Uh, Golly! That's a that's a fantasy sports joke that no one will get. Uh, nope. But that's okay. Um, I don't know. That that feels like a good place to how, how long end it for the night. For a while. Yeah. That's yeah. a show. It's it's a it's a medium long show. Um, not our longest, but you know it's a. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot for it's, it's a healthy, healthy show, and uh, we talked about Ted Lasso, which was great because we finally got to get into it, and I'm so glad that Tori loved it. I uh, did it. <laughs> and we talked about Lost, which maybe someday we'll rewatch just I mean, the last season. If we do, we it's should. just gonna be the last season, and I don't. I even I don't know if I want to do that. Um, and I am the apologist, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, maybe we'll do that some someday, but you know, not next week because next week is Supernatural and The Boys for sure. Um, yes. And then and, for uh, six weeks after that, we'll still find reasons to talk about Supernatural. <laughs> I'm sure also, we will. Watch Good Lord Bird. With isn't that such is that a good show? Ethan Hawke. Yep. Uh, With a beard. Is that? It is. It is not the show Showtime? you think it is. Yes, it's on Showtime, and it's uh, about an abolitionist, but it's a comedy. It's sort of. It's like a Tarantino-esque comedy. Oh. Is Ethan Hawke funny? Yes, weirdly. Oh my god, hilarious, really? but also really dramatically good. Oh my, I'm so blown away by this show. We, yeah, we don't need to say any more than that, but just watch, check it out. You will be impressed. Well, for the for the three people who are still listening, because yeah, not exactly. everyone gets. Hey, the Andy. Hey, Melissa. <laughs> and how's it going? <laughs> they, they'll they'll definitely watch the Good Lord Bird, but you know we'll probably mention it. In a future episode, maybe We're or maybe not. Comments being like, "Don't tell us to watch." No, we won't. Yeah, <laughs> don't say we're I don't. Deaf, I don't have showtime, don't but watch Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> yes, all right. please. Well, that's it for now. We'll be back next week. Um, have a good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>